Hey, everybody, welcome into another edition of Future Brew right here on maizeandbrew.com. My name is Vaughn Lozon. Joining me tonight, per usual, John Simmons, Maize and Brew football recruiting writer. John, how you doing, my friend? Pretty good, Vaughn. Just bunkering down for this big storm we're supposed to be getting soon. Yeah, that nor'easter always rears its ugly head around this time of year, so uh, definitely stay safe over there. Michigan isn't supposed to be hit too hard, I don't think. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. I hate snow. I don't know why I live here. Um, <laughs> all that said, I um, hope everybody's doing well out there as well. We're going to talk about some football recruiting today, as we usually do on this podcast. And let's just start right with uh, Michigan's latest commitment since we last talked. And we kind of talked about him on uh, the podcast last week uh, before he ended up committing. Uh, But that is George Rooks, who has been heavily talked about in this 2021 recruiting cycle. He's 6'4", 260, defensive tackle from Jersey City, New Jersey, currently listed at 264 overall on the composite, the number 19 overall defensive tackle in the class, and the number four player from the state of New Jersey, picked Michigan over other reported offers from the likes of Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State, Penn State. Uh, Syracuse and Rutgers were in on his recruitment for a little while, as was Boston College. So definitely a good get here for Sean Nua. And it really seems like Sean Nua staying on staff was one of the main factors for Rooks committing to Michigan and probably why he held out for so long. Uh, especially with all of the fluctuation with all of the other coaches and and uh, just the defensive staff in general so wanting to see how things shake up now with Don Brown out, Mike McDonald comes in. It seems like they're probably going to be more toward a 3-4 style of defense where George Rooks, honestly, in my opinion, will probably be one of the edge spots now if they're going to do a 3-4. So definitely a good pickup. It's probably going to take him a year or so to develop uh, in the not only the strength and conditioning program, but just also along the defensive line in general. He's not a guy, in my opinion, that can come in and change a program right away. But down the road, two, three years could end up being a nice player. John, you have a scouting report on maizeandbrew.com that you guys can go read right now. And it, it sounds like pretty much in this three, four, uh, you, you kind of described it a little bit here uh, that he probably would play along the edge. Is that kind of where you see him uh, moving forward with Mike McDonald as the new defensive coordinator? Yeah, I definitely think he's going to be uh, a defensive end, like five tech uh, guy in Michigan's offense. He's got the size. He's, you know, he's six, four. I think he's listed at like two sixty right now, but that looks to be more like two seventy five on, film um he's got pretty big frame so uh he's quicker i don't think he's going to be able to get up to like the 310 320 plus you need to be the nose but uh i think he fits perfectly defensive end he's got quick hands good placement uh is able to disengage quickly um i think he has a good swim move that he uses to rush the passer he's been really productive for one of the top uh teams in new jersey and st peter's prep um, who usually doesn't send players to Michigan. Their, their old head coach uh, really love Notre Dame. So all their good players used to go to the Irish, but uh, it's a good win for 
for Sean Nua here to, to get Rooks, who had been, I think, waffling in his commitment for a while. He pushed back his date again and again. And I was, I was honestly pretty surprised to see him choose out Michigan at the end just after being in the lead for so long. Usually uh, teams don't end up landing those guys, but uh, Nua was able to circle back and pick him up. Yeah, it seemed like Rooks, in, in my opinion, now he had been a really quiet guy uh, when it comes to interviews. He didn't do too many of them throughout his recruiting cycle. He was a very quiet individual who didn't really make uh, very many public uh, announcements of you know top lists or where he's going to go visit or anything along those lines. However, it, it always kind of seemed like Michigan was always one of the constants in that recruitment, um, given the fact that his sister played on the women's basketball team. So he had been to Ann Arbor multiple times. So he was always very familiar uh, with what uh, the campus and university had to offer the blend of academics and uh, athletic uh, on the field things, I, I think played a, uh, a good role in this recruitment as well. But that relationship with Sean Nua really seems like, uh, the the main factor here that led him to eventually commit to uh, the University of Michigan. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a good win for new on the recruiting trail. He really needed one after losing Somerville at uh, the December signing period. That was a, a tough pill to swallow and uh, definitely good to get him on board. So uh, Michigan is now sitting with four defensive linemen in this 2021 class and uh, We'll talk about a couple other guys later on that they could add. Um, But I I just want to take a quick peek at the 2021 defensive line class right now, John. In this new 3-4 style defense that you assume that Mike McDonald is predominantly going to have in Ann Arbor, you don't – we already talked about Rooks. He's probably not going to be the interior guy. Kashawn Bennett, who's 6'4", 220, listed on his 24-7 sports profile. He may not even play defensive line. I could see him playing like a Sam linebacker uh, kind of role. So I wouldn't imagine that he's going to be the uh, nose tackle in this defense. So you probably go toward uh, Dominic Giadice, who's uh, listed at least 6'4", 250. And uh, he's probably going to be a guy that you hope bulks up and plays in the middle. What do you think? Yeah, I'm not sure there's any perfect fit for that nose tackle spot in this class. I think most of the guys like Giadice and TJ Guy and Rooks are all uh, have better body types for that that five tech defensive end position. So mm-hmm. uh, I think Michigan's going to have to kind of paper over that spot for the next couple years till they get a guy in the 2022 class and can get him up to speed. Well, hopefully multiple guys because uh, you always need depth of that position. Um, you know, someone like Mozzie Smith Michigan would be really fortunate to to get a big jump from him. Um, I think Chris Hinton could play there in a pinch. Um, I think he's he's still more suited for the five tech too, but I think he could, he he just has the natural talent to to be able to hold up there and getting Donovan Jeter back for his fifth year, I think is the big, uh, big news for them too. Cause I think he can, uh, you know, spell Mm -hmm. uh, at the nose tackle spot if needed to. So I, I know Mike McDonald said he wants to be, more multiple with his looks and maybe play uh, different, you know, four even odd fronts, maybe even like a two, four, five would work with Michigan's personnel. Um, so I'm not sure how many snaps he maybe may not go, you know, full into that three, four the first year until he can get the bodies that he needs on the roster. But I think 
it's going to be a, it's got to be a big priority in the 22 class mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine it would be. So in, in 2021, Michigan now sits at the number 11 ranked overall class. And we'll see if they can add any more guys and see if they can move up. Odds are they'll probably be right around that uh, come uh, uh, Wednesday uh, when National Signing Day is. Everything's all official on Wednesday, and, and we'll talk about a couple other 2021 guys later on. But let's uh, shift our focus here to 22, and, uh, and Michigan ended up losing out on a commit. Uh, so they got a decommitment from Tyler Martin, the uh, four-star linebacker from Massachusetts, 6'3", 238, uh, was committed to Michigan for a little while under Don Brown. And uh, coincidentally enough, he picks up an an offer from Arizona where Don Brown is now at. So this is kind of one of those things, John, where you you, you don't really shake your head or anything. It was kind of, it it, it really seems like it was a mutual kind of thing because there wasn't really going to be a spot for Martin in the class with the way that they're wanting to play defense. And I think he probably understood that. And it, it wasn't like um, he was processed or anything like that late in the cycle as he was about to sign. So it's good to get these things out of the way and move on to the other guys that you actually want to target in this 22 class. Yeah. It's not surprising at all, given, uh, you know, he's from Massachusetts. He goes to Zach center's old school. I think him and Don Brown go way back. So to see him decommit once Brown left uh, isn't a shock to anyone. Um, ironically, I do think he would fit better in a 3-4. Just like he's already 6'3", 240 going to a senior year. I don't think he'd, he's going to stick at, you know, that linebacker weight that uh, Michigan likes in their, liked in their inside linebackers under Brown. I think he would actually grow pretty well into that hybrid uh, linebacker defensive end role that the outside linebackers in a 3-4 play. I think that would have been a good fit for him, but I think just uh, Don Brown has his own plans for him. He clearly liked what he saw in film. Uh, Michigan led for him forever. Um, So once, you know, as soon as Arizona offered, right after he decommitted from Michigan, I think they became the favorites. It is a lot farther from home for Martin to go pretty much across the country, but I think that relationship will win out. And, yeah, it's not a huge loss. Um, He is a four-star, so... Mm-hmm. Losing games tough, but I think uh, Michigan can uh, find guys that you know that their coaches want now, and that's going to help their system better. I think. Yeah, they'll rebound just fine. I I don't anticipate this being a huge loss. At the end of the day, I I don't think he ends up sticking as a four star composite. I think he will dip down. Twenty four seven has him rated as an eighty five three star, the number twenty three inside linebacker, which is a lot lower than what the composite has him at now. So. I wouldn't be shocked if he drops a few hundred spots, ends up around four or 500 by the time it's all said and done. So I don't think this is a big loss at all. Um, Obviously Michigan moving in the direction that they want to. And Martin um, will probably, I would assume at least uh, continue conversations with Don Brown now that he's at Arizona and possibly fit into the defense over there. So, um, you know, best of luck to him and Michigan will probably move on to guys like Jalen Sneed, a top 100 linebacker from South Carolina, obviously Josh Burnham uh, being the top in-state guy uh, from Traverse City and Sebastian Cheeks being another guy uh, near the top 100. He's from uh, uh, Evanston, Illinois. So uh, going to be a lot of linebacker prospects that they go after in this class and uh, definitely going to, I, I don't think it's going to be a huge need 
in this class, John. I think they'll take a, a couple at the very least, just because you want to do your due diligence when it comes to any position, really. But I, I think they'll take at least two. But I don't foresee linebacker being a, a huge need uh, by any need uh, means in this class. What do you think? Yeah, I think, and even if they're, you know, they may not be listed as linebackers by the recruiting sites if they're going to play the outside linebacker spot. They may be listed as defensive ends since it's a hybrid position. Um, but one guy I'm interested to watch uh, to see if the pursuit continues is Abdul Carter from Pennsylvania. He's oh, yeah. Like, he was an early find by Michigan staff, and then he got bumped up to a four-star uh, pretty recently. Um, and he's been kind of that – he's like a defensive end linebacker, you know, rush the passer type prospect I think would do well in the system. So I think I would like to see Michigan keep going after him, but I know that he was more of a priority from the old staff, so we'll see where that goes. But, you know, Penn State's uh, pretty uh, high on him too, so it'll be a battle. But that, that's just one guy to keep in mind moving forward that uh, hopefully mm-hmm. Michigan keeps recruiting. Well, 24-7 has Brian Jean-Marie as the lead recruiter there, and if he ends up taking the uh, linebacking job, um, down at Jacksonville uh, to coach for Urban Meyer in the NFL, then uh, I would probably write off Michigan at that point. But I don't know. We'll see. He definitely is an interesting guy to keep in mind. And and the fact that they did get in on the recruitment uh, pretty early was uh, definitely good news there. So, yeah, that's that's a guy to keep keep an eye on for sure. So, all right. Well, I do believe it is time to take a break. We will come back and talk about – Uh, The final signing period for this 2021 class starting up this week. Uh, Obviously, Michigan's still in on two more guys, and we'll talk about them in just a minute. But first, it is time to talk about our sponsor here on Maze Brew Podcast, and that is Homefield, which is a premium collegiate apparel brand based out of Indianapolis. Not only is their stuff comfy, but it is officially licensed gear, so they really do not screw up. When it comes to their designs, the team over there studies every school's history, traditions, and legacies to create thoughtful designs that tell the unique story of each university. And Homefield has some really amazing original Michigan designs that you won't find anywhere else from t-shirts to crewnecks. Uh, they really have everything that you need uh, to stay cozy uh, this winter season. So if you're looking for some vintage apparel, look no further than Homefield and use that promo code that we've been blasting at you guys for months now, MNB and you will get 20% off your entire first order. So if you've not used that promo code yet, again, that is MNB at checkout. You'll get 20% off your first order. So head over to homefieldapparel.com today. All right, we're going to wrap up the show today talking about National Signing Day, the traditional signing day period here in February It's crazy that it's already February. It seems like the early signing period was just like a couple weeks ago, but that's how this stuff goes nowadays. But with this 2021 cycle coming to a close here, uh, it's important to talk about the last couple prospects that Michigan has uh, up their sleeve to potentially get to commit to them. And they're both on the defensive line which is not a shocker because Michigan is going to need uh, bodies along the defensive line moving forward. And uh, like I said, two guys left on the board. Uh, uh, Coincidentally enough, uh, they are already both committed, but not to Michigan. Um, So they're trying to flip one or both 
of these guys. And let's just start with Rayshon Benny, John, the 6'5", 275 Oak Park defensive tackle from Oak Park, Michigan, uh, number 192 overall on the composite, number six overall player in the state, number 16 at defensive tackle. He's been committed to MSU since November 9th, so it's been a few months at this point. Uh, it's going to take quite a bit to flip him, in my opinion. It doesn't seem like there's really a, a great chance of this. I think that if they really – were able to do it, it would have probably happened already. And it just hasn't happened. There hasn't been much news to report on the Rayshon Benny front, but I guess there's always a chance. How, how are you feeling about this one going into this final signing period, John? Yeah, I'm not feeling too great either, uh, which is pretty weird that, you know, Benny had been committed since November, but still decided not to sign with Michigan State. Um, and usually when a player does that, he has a reason and is likely to end up somewhere else. But ever since he, he didn't sign the period, the, every report just been like, yeah, he's pretty happy with his Michigan State commitment. So it's it's pretty strange that he didn't just sign during that period. Um, I think it, w- it would have made sense for him to flip to Michigan if there was something wrong. I, I figured he was, you know, waiting for the coaching staff to get all figured out, but Michigan kept Sean Nua and uh, maybe he liked Don Brown a lot. Um, the only reason I could think is that he feels like he fits better in a four down front than a three man front, um, which I can definitely see him being more of a three tech guy. Um, but I, I'd say that's, that's the only reason that, you know, makes a lot of sense that he wouldn't sign with Michigan state in December. And if he was, you know, so content with his commitment, but uh, yeah, as of now it doesn't look like Michigan's going to flip him. Yeah, it, it really is an odd one that he didn't end up signing with Michigan State back in December, uh, you know, just a month after he had committed. It seemed like he was pretty locked in and it still seems like he's pretty locked in. But maybe there's a chance that with Sean Nua staying on, maybe they've been able to connect with him a, a couple times to get him to kind of flip and get back on board with Michigan to kind of see the potential in Michigan's new defense, I don't know if he would end up being a three tech inside guy or not. I guess it just depends on how his body progresses. He's at 275 on that's what 24 seven sports has him listed right now. Obviously he could be bigger than that. I think they've had him listed at that for a while, but regardless, it's just been an odd recruitment and <laughs> there've been a lot of ups and downs here. So I I think if there's any time for the Wolverines to crank up the heat on a recruitment, it's probably now given that the final signing period's coming up here. Uh, Well, by the time this podcast is released, it'll be uh, already here. But uh, I I think he could be a significant contributor right off the bat, John. I mean, if you're able to to bulk him up just a little bit, I think he could be – a, a guy in the two deep that at least provides some meaningful snaps uh, in the reserve role. I don't think he would be a starter right away. Most defensive linemen aren't in college, but at the very least you could probably get some good playing time out of him and uh, get him ready for when guys like Donovan Jeter and, and the likes of those guys are, are gone and graduated and possibly onto the NFL. I, I think he could be a, uh, uh, not, not a significant contributor by any means, but at least give some meaningful 
playing time uh, his freshman season. What what would you say about that? Do you think he would be more of an inside guy or outside? Uh, I think he could probably like. Do you mean defensive end or nose tackle? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably say defensive end. The only problem there, I'd say, is that a lot of Michigan's defensive line minority of the roster fit that position. So I think it'd be kind of hard to see him get a ton of snaps when, you know, he's got, you know, Aiden Hutchinson's coming back, you know, Julius Welshoff, Taylor Upshaw, I think all fit um, in that mold, Chris Hinton. So I, I'm interested to see what McDonald's rotation looks like and where he's going to end up slotting guys. Um, one thing I would hope that he, McDonald does is sub out, players earlier in blowouts and get get those young guys playing time you know Don Brown was infamous for just keeping the starters in all four quarters till the very end and not really letting those young guys get reps so hopefully I think the best case for him is to get those reps you know if Michigan's uh, you know beating up Western Michigan in the first game of the year that he can get in and get some experience there Um, and now that the four game redshirt uh, role he can get a lot of playing time so that that's what i would hope to see i think out of him in this year well we'll certainly see if they are able to pull it off and i i'm not very hopeful that that happens at this point but crazier things have happened on national signing day so we will certainly see what happens there we'll move on to our second guy here also along the defensive line this guy is definitely an interior guy and that's for sure. His name is Ike Iwana. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly at all. Uh, there's been heavy debate about that, but I'm just going to leave it at Ike. He is a 6'4", 275-pound defensive lineman from Garland, Texas. A three-star who's not even in the top 1,000. He's at 1,102 on that 24-7 sports composite. Was recently offered by this new staff just a couple weeks ago, but he committed to Colorado actually just a few days before uh, getting that Michigan offer. So uh, it's given him a lot to think about. He had interviewed with a couple of uh, the uh, one guy from 24 seven and one from rivals and pretty much the consensus uh, headline there was that uh, he definitely is going to be contemplating this moving forward. And he's still committed to Colorado, but there could be some movement here. So I, I definitely feel more confident in Michigan's chances of flipping him than flipping Benny. Um, but along with playing defensive line, uh, he, he was a first team all district player as a junior and uh, follow that up with a strong senior season. But to go along with all of that on the football field, he also did triple jump and discus and track and field. So this guy is just a straight-up athlete, and you love to see guys like that uh, performing well on the football field who just move well along the defensive line. Uh, But he he had some other good offers as well from uh, places like Texas and Missouri, Baylor, Washington State, Boise State, places along those lines. So, uh, John, I I think Michigan's chances are pretty good to get a flip from Ike. Uh, What say you, and what do you like about this kid? Yeah, I I think they look good, too. Um, I just wonder when he's going to announce if he's going to end up signing during the the first day of National Mm -hmm. Signing Day or if he's going to push out his timeline a bit since signing day is really just the first day that players are able to sign since December, and they can do it, you know, any point until they walk onto campus basically. So I, th- I think I could see him pushing back his decision date a little bit. 
Um, but he really hasn't given any indication uh, what his timeline is. So I'm interested to see that. But I think really it's it's he, Michigan really gave him a lot to think about. And I think that's a good sign that they kind of stopped him in his tracks. Um, I think it's big that he hadn't visit, visited Colorado's campus either. So it's not like he has the feel of uh, Boulder over Ann Arbor. And so he can just kind of evaluate both of the campuses and facilities on paper. And I think Michigan's, you know, stack up pretty well comparatively to any uh, school in the country, really. But uh, so I think that if he takes his time to decide, I think Michigan's going to be the choice. And yeah, he's going to be a big uh, boon to the defensive line. He can fill that nose tackle spot, like you said. So uh, if Michigan's able to salvage that position a little bit, to get a guy in the system, um, start building that depth up, packing on the way, getting him ready to, to see the field, that's going to do wonders for the the defense down the line. So I, I like that he's athletic and he really uh, pursues the ball hard. Uh, I think he's he would be a good addition, especially this late in the cycle. You, you can't really ask for much more. No, you can't especially given that you got a new staff in town. They were able to quickly evaluate this guy, get him on the phone and offer him, even though he had committed to another program three days prior. Yeah. I mean, I, that would be as good of a job as I would have hoped for out of the new coaching staff to be able to get a true interior guy on board, um, Hey, with with so many unknowns, especially with COVID and him not being able to take visits has obviously helped Michigan's chances here because uh, had COVID not been running rampant, I mean, maybe they would have had some other commits, who knows, but uh, it, it definitely has helped in this instance um, in, in an instance that it, it really hasn't helped uh, much, but this one you can definitely give a thumbs up to there. Um, but the fact that, like we talked about earlier, they don't really have a true interior guy. Hopefully, a Giadice ends up growing into that, but you just don't know. And you don't know if he's going to be a high-level player just because he was so lowly ranked and he, the competition that he played in high school wasn't great. And the statistics for him were good in high school, but... I mean, the competition, like I said, wasn't great. And the body, it's going to take him a little while to get there. But at this point, Iwana is is pretty damn close to uh, uh, being college ready, if he's not already college ready. So, yeah, the fact that they would be able to get in and swoop him up and be able to take him away from Colorado uh, to get him to sign on National Signing Day, that would, that would go a long way in uh, the future of this defensive line and hopefully being able to get some sort of pipeline going in Texas too, because they've offered a ton of Texas kids in that 22 class. And with him being from Garland, Texas, a Lakeview Centennial, uh, maybe you can uh, get your, you can get your toes wet here uh, in the 21 class. And then hopefully that'll lead to uh, success uh, down the line in uh, 22 as well, uh, just with uh, the Texas ties that, Michigan now has on staff. So yeah, hopefully that can uh, translate down the road, not only on the defensive line, but uh, also uh, on the recruiting uh, trail as well, John. Yeah, definitely. I, I was kind of disappointed. I was looking at the crystal balls today and it looks like Georgia went on a run for Barry Alexander, who's from skyline, Texas. Um, Cause I think he'd be like, I watched some of his highlights and he's 
you know, his nickname's apt. He just mauls guys in the middle. Yeah. And I, was, I was hoping that, you know, there'd be a little more time for Michigan's new uh, coaches, you know, Mo Linguist and even Brian Jean, uh, John Marie to, to help, you know, maybe build out their relationship a little bit more since he's from Texas. But he set a decision date for February 3rd, so he might already be committed to the Bulldogs by the time this is released. But, uh, you know, he's the type of guy that I, I wish Michigan had more chance to, you know, build a relationship yeah. with. Yeah, that, that dude's a stud. I mean, you, you watch him, and, I mean, he's 6'3", 325, a fringe top 100 player. Yeah, he's he's the kind of guy that Michigan could take yesterday, and uh, they would gladly take him. But, yeah, those are the kinds of recruitments that you hope that something like this with Iowana can translate down the road with some of those elite guys in the state of Texas because they've got a lot of them. Um, Barry Alexander obviously being – uh, just one of the many, uh, especially in that 22 class. They've got a ton of uh, really good players in the state of Texas down there uh, in 22. So, so yeah, I think uh, just wrapping up here, John, I, I think Michigan does have a clear chance here of flipping Iowana and uh, uh, finishing off their 21 class uh, kind of on a high note because it's a position that you need. It's a position that uh, Michigan recruiting followers have uh, complained about for a long time and rightfully so and hopefully this is a sign of things to come and hopefully it'll uh, kind of uh, subside all of the worries of a defensive line moving forward so um john any final thoughts from you my friend before we wrap up uh my last thing is i'm just surprised that we didn't get a, a cornerback pop up as a likely target at any point since the first signing day uh, so I think maybe, I mean, they've handed out so many offers to corners in 22 now, so it looks like they're just going to move on and load up in the, the next class. But I was kind of expecting at least one guy, kind of like an Iwana, maybe a lower-rated guy to pop up on the radar, radar, but that never really surfaced. Yeah, I, I'm i I'm a little surprised by that too. And we, and we had talked about it um, in a previous podcast that you would have expected them to see some of these guys pop up um, you know, early on this year and it just hasn't happened. So you're just going to have to look into the transfer portal and hope that some guys uh, in the uh, defensive backfield are, are not only uh, good enough in the secondary for you to take, but also you got to go through the, the academic portion and make sure that transfer and credits, it, it all goes over. It, it's a tough process with, uh, the transfer portal at U of M. So I would anticipate, I don't know it. You got to at least get one guy. You would think um, it probably won't happen for a while. I don't think just because not only just because of COVID, but because now the semester is in full swing, it's probably going to take some time to uh, kind of readjust everything in the transfer portal and see what all happens. And, that Jamie Robinson guy would have been nice that we talked about a few weeks ago, but he's off the board now. So you're definitely going to have to look elsewhere. But yeah. uh, so no, that's go. the beauty of the portal is there's no really deadline. Some guy could have a freshman come in and take his job during spring ball and Michigan gets him. So it could happen at any point. It really could. So hopefully, uh, hopefully some news pops up there soon. Cause they're, they're going to need, yeah. Taking one cornerback in, in a class it's uh it's it's unheard of kind of you don't see it very often so 
22, it's definitely going to be a uh, priority position uh, for the Wolverines for them to hit. And there's a lot of really, really good ones. So I would anticipate them taking a few in 22. So we will definitely have to wait and see. But, uh, John, I appreciate you coming on, and I appreciate everybody listening out there. You can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where are you at? At Simmons underscore John. And follow Maze and Brew on Twitter at Maze and Brew. And find us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Be sure to uh, subscribe to the podcasts, rate all of our podcasts. If you uh, give it a five star, we would greatly appreciate that. And uh, check out the YouTube channel as well. Our our good friend, Stephen Ossetoski, who is not uh, joining us tonight, puts out some good content on the YouTube channel all the time. Uh, So be sure to uh, subscribe there as well. Uh, Everybody. Appreciate you joining us. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week for signing day.